We are back with another episode. This is the Two Cents 20-Year-Old Podcast. I am Cooper Winslow, and here's the intro music. What? Yeah. First off, I never asked for this. I'ma go and grab my laser that I'll go and blast you with. You will go and start a war, but say you are a pacifist. Can I log in? I don't know what So this past week has been ridiculous with the final verdict of the election not too long ago. Uh, my state's COVID regulations are actually getting tighter uh, than they were previously. And now Pfizer has come out with their developed vaccine that is said to be 90% effective. Um, they're in the third stage trial of it. But uh, recently I went on the Pfizer website and it said, I was just looking for some more details on it because I was still kind of confused as to what it was really about. Like I knew that it was a third trial, it was 90% effective. I didn't know when we were going to get it. Uh, you know, what the what the experiment specifically was, what the trials were, how many participants were in it and stuff like that. So I went uh, onto the uh, Pfizer website just to look at, you know, any press releases they came out with. And the CEO actually came out with uh, a press release basically just going over it. And it said that the study enrolled 43,538 participants, 94 of which were seen to have COVID cases, positive COVID cases, Pfizer also said, quote, the case split between vaccinated individuals and those who received the placebo indicates a, a vaccine efficiency rate of above 90% at seven days after the second dose. This means that protection is achieved 28 days after the initiation of the vaccination, which consists of a two-dose schedule, end quote. Uh, so, I mean, that's still kind of, like, I still was a little bit confused about what that meant, um, but it did clear up some of the things. Uh so on that news, the Dow Jones Industrial Average rose about 5.5% pre-market, but fell down closer to 2.95% when the market closed. The S&P 500 rose similarly to about 3,640 after the market opened from 3,509 on the Friday close, that, uh, that Friday before that Monday, uh, but later fell to 3,550. Still an increase of 1.17%, but seems the hype only lasted just a few hours um, while the market was open. Not too shabby, though, considering the S&P 500 has a year-to-date growth of about 10% on this year, which is kind of ridiculous considering what we've been through. Now, this is not a recommendation to buy the S&P 500, nor is it an offer or sale. That was just a quick disclaimer. I'm not sure who is pumping and dumping on this news, whether or not they did well for themselves. But this news is definitely exciting for anyone who's looking forward to getting back to COVID-free life again or starting to travel, go out to restaurants, bars, whatever. Um, you know, I'm still not sure when this is going to be available to us. Uh, I think I saw something like it was going to be available sometime next year. Um, the case actually didn't have any side effects on any of the participants, which I think is pretty cool. Um but it still has to go under a lot of scrutiny. It has to get FDA approved first before we get it. So talking about all this pumping and dumping, this is a great opportunity to jump into today's topic uh, of pumping and dumping and uncertainty. So specifically, what we're going to be talking about today is panic selling. Panic selling is basically the act of investors having to decide whether or not holding on to this certain security is worth a potential downside. And this anxiety stems from the investor seeing, uh, you know, already humongous losses in their position in this certain stock. So they're heavily considering selling. But the thing with panic selling is they're strictly doing it off emotion. That, that's, that's what they're doing. They see that 
they see the loss that they're uh, accruing off of you know what they hope to be their maybe their make it or break it stock. I don't know. They're using their own money to invest it, and they're seeing massive downsides, so they want to get rid of it. It's it's completely understandable. It's basically the whole name of the game of panic selling. Um, but with that being said, in the end, they see this humongous drop in the stock price, and they end up selling it uh, just because their emotions take over. So. If enough of these bearish investors sell their shares of the company due to a multitude of reasons, could be fear from a group of investors and or hurtful media profiling, you know, that that results in a massive drop of the stock price because everyone's selling their shares, it's a massive sell-off, and it might cause, you know, a chain reaction of investors that aren't level-headed and that see this loss, this big steep drop in the stock price, and they also decide to sell it. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's basically... You know, it's a, it's a funny thing with uh, panic selling because, you know, it's so innate in our human nature to be afraid of um, things that could, you know, potentially take stuff away that is ours. You know, you could go back to the, the caveman times and think about, you know, food that we had. We didn't want people taking our food. Yeah, it's the same thing. We didn't want people taking our money. Um, so we're going to get out of it with as little loss as possible. A couple of seconds ago, I mentioned a multitude of reasons for there being panic selling, one of them being uh, fear from a group of investors, and then the other one was hurtful media profiling. So I'm going to go over those, but before I do that, uh, let's take a quick break and a word from Anchor. So like I mentioned before that break, uh, one of the reasons for panic selling is fear from investors. This is probably the easiest concept to understand, uh, but yet the hardest to break yourself from. Since the Stone Age, like I said, humans have been developed to protect whatever they have earned against whatever it is trying to take it from them. In this case, it would be your hard-earned money and the fluctuations of the market. Fight or flight is as natural to us as breathing air, and it applies to everyday life. But for someone who has a lot of money in individual stocks, this could be constantly on your mind as you keep an eye on your assets. So, seeing your hard-earned money suddenly lose a ridiculous amount of value is really not easy for most people to sit through. This is typically why people prefer passively investing in index funds and or something that is a conglomerate of many stocks, so that if you stumble upon yourself holding some losers, you have some winners to make up for it. The second reason I listed was hurtful media profiling of a stock. I did a little bit of research on this uh, just to learn more about really what the effect media has on individual stocks. And I found this article written by Joanne Strychars, Nadine Strauss, and Damien Trilling for the Rutledge, Taylor, and Francis group. Um, and this article stated, consequently, scholars from behavioral economics have questioned the EMH, efficient market hypothesis, and argued that financial markets are not solely governed by rational market participants. Instead, not all investors can be assumed to be equally well-informed, having enough time and attention to process and evaluate the information. Thus, trading decisions are said to be shaped and influenced by emotions, heard, and irrational behavior. They said this in the article to elaborate on the fact that they believed that financial news could definitely affect the price of a stock, but not every investor would be knowledgeable of it. So basically, you know, not everyone's going to hear about a certain media profiling, like if CNN were to come out about, you know, well, they came out came out about Pfizer, and Pfizer did really well on that day of news. But not everyone in the world heard about that news. Not every investor heard about it. Um, although, if you keep your eye on daily financial news, you probably 
most certainly did hear about it. But um, if you want to read uh, more into this article, I'm going to tweet out a link. Um, I highly recommend it. If you want to go check it out, uh, my Twitter is at two cents twenty year old. To sum this all up, this is why my personal preference is to almost completely avoid individual stocks altogether. They are oftentimes too risky, and there's absolutely no telling what will happen tomorrow. Uh, look at Peloton, for example. The cult exercise bike company hit an all-time high of $131 per share on October 16th because people working from home were looking to hop on the self-care train, but Peloton stock has now fallen to $105 per share on the news of Pfizer just in one day because of the news that Pfizer was coming up upon a vaccine that would pretty much eliminate work from home. Um... So like a month ago, someone would probably would have told you to buy Peloton because, you know, who knows when work from home and quarantine is going to stop. Like if you buy Peloton for the long run, assuming that we never get out of quarantine, you'd probably do really well because people are looking to exercise. Uh, but it turns out it only took one day for the outlook of quarantine to be shortened from who knows when to sometimes in the near future. It is crucial for you to realize this if you're looking to build wealth over the long term took a long time for me to realize this and it would be better just to break the allure of stocks altogether and just think about your investing for the long term and just you know not the short term gains that you could possibly see from investing in stock uh well this was my two cents on the topic of panic selling if you made it this far through the episode feel free to leave me a comment on uh, my twitter at two cents 20 year old let me know what i need to improve on what information i need to add or take out uh, or tell me what your favorite podcast or music artist is, and we can have a conversation about it. Uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter. I'm building, you know, I'm I'm getting immersed in the personal finance community. Everyone's super nice, super helpful. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of people about, you know, their individual podcast, and you know, it's a, it's a, it's a cool community. Everyone has, you know, we all like personal finance. Everyone has a, a similar liking. Um, so yeah, absolutely follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm going to start posting on LinkedIn pretty soon. I'm going to start posting on TikTok. Uh, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. 